Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Sam Black Sessions. I have next to me Joel Coleman from Shade Design. Mate, welcome to the welcome to the potty. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Mate, we've uh, obviously been in talks, you know, last um, probably like six months. I've referred on a few clients to yourself and you, you've helped our clients, you know, do a few developments. Mate, sort of, let's maybe run us back from uh, from where it all started and I'm at your from Newcastle originally? No, I um, I blew in from the Central Coast about ten years ago now. Okay. So yeah, I'm a blow in. Came to came to study up here Just and on the um, subtleties, eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a stiff breeze. <laughs> but um, yeah, mate. Central Coast. We sort of everyone growing up down there. You had the option to stay, which I wasn't one of them, or go to Sydney or come to Newcastle really and Newcastle once I came up here I just thought oh this is home yeah mm. there you go and yeah. I was reading a little blurb on your uh, on the website and it you did you design your, your dad's house is that right I didn't design it but I was um, helping him build it so that probably inspired a lot of the architectural stuff for me or wanting to get into that uh career and everything like that so he had a sydney designer that did it for him and it was a nice architectural old school pole home and it had a bit of interest and definitely um sparked my interest building it with him and um yeah that's what sort of i think had a huge part with me getting involved in architecture and wanting to follow that career path so. yeah cool and so you were a chippy before i was a chippy before i never finished i um i went a, a couple of years through and that was straight out of school so i um i got halfway through that one and then i wanted to go traveling and do all that sort of stuff and have my have my fun for a couple of years and came back and picked it up again but being six foot four like 100 kilos these days which is crazy but <laughs> my back couldn't handle it so i sort of looked at um like reinvigorated that architectural spark to get into the office and sort of get into design yeah you're no, no good on there on the old hammer mate <laughs> <laughs> probably not no one wanted to say it to me though so <laughs> just um, couldn't get a job <laughs> yeah well at least that's sort of the i guess the building industry gave you a bit of insight of um you know what design was and how it all sort of um came together from from start to finish mm. was did traveling sort of inspire you to like looking was that certain countries that you go oh, mm. wow this is like really amazing is that what got you into architecture as well yeah i think it had a it had a lot to do with the inspiration for the designs we do and everything like that i think in architecture maybe it, just push that microphone a little bit closer a little bit yeah, closer yeah. <laughs> sorry mate. there you go yeah. um yeah i think in architecture like um I, I believe most architects or designers would say that travel always inspires them you know going to different countries and checking out what they do and it's just so different everywhere and there's all these little things that you can collate and put together it's all super subjective it's in its own regions and and things like that too so yeah it was it was definitely um beneficial to my design mind to go and see what's happening around the world and all that sort of stuff i've um i spent a lot of my time more more in the north americas and things like that yeah. so like ski fields and ski lodges even in the australian ski fields they've got some pretty cool like australian architecture ski architecture down there and um yeah it was i think it's it's um a no-brainer that that definitely had 
a big part to do with educating myself on design for sure gotcha so grew up in central coast um few years as being a, a, an apprentice or was that apprentice yep yeah, yeah. yeah so i was an apprentice and yeah. never got my ticket because i was too keen to, to get too, away go hit the slopes yeah. Yeah. and then obviously coming back um you know getting into um, architecture you went to, to uni and how many years was that i've um so i went to tafe actually okay. so i went through the tafe routes and i'm the reason for that is I've always been a very practical sort of person in a sense. The the architecture degree I started after TAFE, I, I went back down to Sydney to start that and I ended up pulling the pin and coming back up to Newcastle just because, yeah, it was it's always been a bit of a lifestyle thing for me and um, I never really had the opportunity to be able to commit that six to eight years of studying in university to and also have a life and get ahead a little bit so i sort of just got thrust into working in the industry and just sort of um my work ethic has just helped me sort of like gain all my experience and and have any form of success sort of through that avenue and um yeah i'm looking into um, there's other avenues to get registered as an architect now based on your experience and things like that and and um, having the business for a few years now will really help me and and I think that's something I'll probably do because it really just helps with a bit of confidence with your clients and everything but um, it's been flattering in a sense that a lot of people just assume that I'm a registered architect yeah so i guess that's, that's what i should yeah exactly <laughs> so like it's it's um it's a credit to it, it feels good to see some reward for all the hard work you put in and it's also a credit to all the guys that i work with because we're just they're holding such a high standard for what we do and, and we really have like a, a great um vibe and 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 um an office space where we all bounce off one another and it's just getting reflected in the work that comes out so yeah sorry to go a bit off topic topic with that but it's just like yeah it's it's good to know that we're sort of up there competing with that sort of stuff. absolutely so, mate. Yeah. i think it's gold i think yeah. it's gold i uh i think you're so true in terms of like you learn anything right you're on the you're on the coal face that's where you learn yeah. all the the ins and outs of, of any trade or of any industry so um to be able to fast track that and get you know your your, your brand's pretty well known in, in newcastle you've got an mm. amazing reputation um obviously jack henderson our director is using you uh, i refer on clients to you so um yeah the reputation is definitely out there in newcastle which is great to see yeah appreciate it and it'll be um i think it'll be great if we can get that registration in the office just for the client's sake as well too so that's sort of the next step of shade over the next 12 months really yeah, yeah amazing mm. so you've been in the, been doing it for t 10 or so years now yeah 10 years in newcastle doing that and probably like a couple of years doing a bit of contracting before that originally and and um yeah about 10 to 12 year career for myself and how have you uh what's it like running your own company and having your own staff like what's uh how's that experience it's been awesome like i love it like i i worked for a few firms in town and they were really good and i got to know a lot of the local sort of architects and i loved that sort of newcastle giant country town vibe everybody knows everybody and it just got to a point for me where we wanted 
like my me in particular just wanted to really hone in on maintaining quality and service and a small boutique um, you know crew as well of all highly experienced people and things like that and I've um, I've really enjoyed having the business it's been extremely hard work for sure um, I won't sugarcoat that but <laughs> <laughs> like it has its down times and its up times and you I've sort of learned you just got to um, look at all the positives and everything and it just hits you on so many levels you learn a lot about yourself um, well I've learned a lot about myself and and I've really created a lot of good relationships in town because of it as well and and running the business the last two years out of the six years has really been about getting some staff on board before that I was on my own and um, yeah that was a decision I've made just because I'm not really cut out for working on my own forever you know what I mean some people enjoy it but I like having a bit of a vibe around me and some guys to bounce off and seeing them succeed too and all that sort of stuff so yeah Thanks, definitely yeah. Hey, mate, there's obviously a bit of a self self drive there right like rocking mm. up to work like if you're on your own when you first started um mm. where, where did that sort of come from is it instilled from when you're younger like have you got certain um, aspirations you you want to grow into yeah I think um, people have always commented on my work ethic and it's probably been the best and worst part of me sometimes. <laughs> like I, uh, I can overcommit myself a lot and, you know, like get really bogged down in work and which is good for everybody else, but sometimes not for me. <laughs> so, so like I've, yeah, like sometimes you let go a bit of all the things that you love doing, like surfing and mountain bike riding and things like that. And, um, I'm finding that picking that up again now with having the boys in the office, we're getting a bit more of a, a normal day job feeling back to it. But it all stemmed from old man, really. Like, he, I watched him and he's still going. He's in his 60s now. He's a landscaper. And he has a bit of property down on the Central Coast and I grew up lifting sandstone blocks with him and cutting through lantana and... Um, yeah, you know, I don't know, whippersnipping two acres of grass and <laughs> things like that. My friends stopped picking me up um, for a while there because they knew if they came to pick me up to go surfing, they'd get roped into doing a five-minute job and five hours later, we're still there doing something. So it really, it really is him. He's got an amazing work ethic and it's definitely passed down through to me and just watching him achieve and do all that sort of stuff and... The, you know it's it's quite admirable and i'm glad i've picked up on those traits so, absolutely yeah. absolutely probably at the time you're like bloody dad i hated him i hated <laughs> him for it i'm like mate i want to go and hang out with my friends you know and do all this sort of stuff but he really taught me that there's a time to work you know on weekends especially when you're 18 17 16 whenever i was doing it with him and it um just made all the better moments of life even more exceptional you know because of it all you've really earned everything that you've done so yeah absolutely mm. so it sounds like you know obviously a lot of work ethic came from uh instilled by by your father that's mm. come into your, your work life now um mm. and i'm assuming that's would that would that come across to your colleagues as well in terms of this is sort of the environment that's uh let's make stuff happen and that sort of push mm. the boundaries in in design but also mm. um the type of clients you work with as well yeah i think it comes across in a way that 
um, probably have a bit of a high achieving attitude, like, and you want to try and always excel whilst not being too arrogant, especially in architecture, I think is quite important um, to open yourself up to new and interesting ideas. So I think the guys that I've got with me, I've known for a long time. I grew up with one of them. Um, the other one I, I studied with and worked with and the other one I worked with as well. So we all have very similar traits and that's why we're all together. And we've always sort of said, we've always wanted to be together and they share that um, passion of trying to achieve the best they can for each project they're working on. And I say that in a sense, it's not to win an award for every job that you're working on in architecture. I think that's where the practical mindset comes in a little bit where, you know, we might be working on a full multi-million dollar extravagant house with, you know, big budgets and people want to see all the bells and whistles and the detailings and things like that. And you could potentially win an award on it. It's more, I really like a lot of jobs too, where it's a results driven process, whether they're developments or smaller scale budget conscious projects. And being able to get the best out of something like that is almost more rewarding sometimes because you're limited with so many constraints and everything It's not completely free. So yeah, achieving each job is individual in those senses and trying to achieve a high standard for whatever the brief is you know yeah definitely yeah so just start unpacking that like it sounds like no jobs too small you work with sort of you know small small time developers your mum mm. and dad developers or even owner occupiers mm. where um where where would you say your, your biggest clientele is and where's your favorite area to, to work in yeah good question so we we sort of um because the business is growing, we're sort of asking ourselves that a little bit at the moment. And um, essentially, we've always been residential architecture. So we have have a little bit of a limit. We're not um, doing too many like garages and carports and things like that anymore. Um, but we, we really like strive towards having a good mix of residential architecture, whether they're the high-end homes, um, good budget conscious renovations in Newcastle. Like I, I love the Newcastle cottage with the modern renovation out the back. Um, you can get some pretty big scale ones of those, but some small ones as well, which are quite cool. And you're seeing them pop up everywhere. Everybody's yeah. loving that sort of stuff because there's a lot of um, young adults starting their families that have gotten into the market and they're wanting to add value to their homes doing all that sort of stuff so essentially we we're still really heavily in that market or corner of the market with the residential world as well as residential development so i've always loved that from a business point of view and seeing the results for people becoming either profession professional developers um, mum and dad developers one-off developers, whoever they are, I feel like they really rely or, or not rely, but um, it's probably not the right word, but we can add a lot of uh, value and advice to what they want to do for sites and things. And we've just seen so many of them that it's quite rewarding when someone comes to you with a site to add value to it from a development point of view. And um, you can really maximize their potential and see everyone succeed and also provide a good end result for 
the people that will end up living in those places as well or renting them or whatever it may be it sort of works all the way down from the top there which is pretty cool yeah absolutely yeah. i know that um you know you obviously help us out a lot in, in terms of like if we're looking for a developer or you know your first time developer mm. doing the feasibility so um it's i think that you you pro you provide a lot of support without even you know necessarily even getting paid for it which is obviously great to see yeah yeah it's um it's part of the job everybody has a part of their job where you you have those um hours that get allocated to you you almost sort of winning work from a business point of view really um but it's just part of the service you know it all it's ebbs and flows swings and roundabouts it yeah. comes back out in the end we might get someone that uses us for 10 weeks and throws 10 sites of this but never ends up using us you yeah. know what i mean but there's other guys that every time you do a yield plan for them they use you every single time because they value your business and things like that so yeah it's all no as you know with clients there's never one client the same and we sort of appreciate it all and sort of just roll through it all and it all works out even in the end yeah. so yeah and run us through uh smith street you did, you did smith street yeah smith street um that was building with made as well yeah the one that one the yeah two story two story sort of modern looking one black and white yeah smith street was awesome beautiful like amazing clients those guys they're just incredible people and they're they're very um down to earth um successful young you know like getting started with their family and running a business and, and and doing all that sort of stuff so that was a pretty exciting job to work on and especially with the boys out at made and all that they do such a nice level of finish and we were um, consulting with an interior architect on that one too, um, Kirby from Brick Design. She was great to work with on that too. So that was an amazing job to see your design come to life with such a good network of people that could add their little bits and pieces to it all and have this real collaborative approach to it, which is also an amazing part of the job, just working with so many different people. So yeah stunning home that one yeah it's come off a treat thanks mate so <laughs> unreal, unreal. i always refer back to that one it's uh yeah it was pretty amazing to, to look through the photos yeah thanks it's getting a bit easier like when you first when i first started the business people were like what have you done Where, like do you exist really <laughs> you're, like, you're like yeah i can do that we can yeah. do this and they go oh i just haven't seen anything and i think that's the problem with architecture like it almost has taken four or five years just to get that history and put it on the website and be able to direct people to it now to to build that confidence within like you're entering into a bit of a marriage really you yeah. know and they, they're investing um potentially their life savings at something they're going to do so it, it's a big responsibility in the way and we've always backed ourselves but it's great when they it's getting easier now to sell ourselves a little yeah. bit and you can see what we've done and what we're capable of and um yeah it's it's nice to see it heading that direction absolutely yeah. well i guess all your, your heavy lifting that you you know the, the time and energy and the trust mm. that you put into um you know making these homes beautiful and uh, whether it is because um, you to go into commercial now are you still yeah we're picking up a little bit more commercial and industrial work now too cool. we've um we just got a really cool job up in maitland for some family lawyers up there and they're doing a a, a fairly substantial size commercial development and even to create a few other tenancies to 
get some return on their asset and everything. So uh, that's been um, really cool. And I, uh, that's part of what we were almost talking about earlier um, with the boys in the office, uh, just picking up a bit more of that work now would be pretty cool. So just to have a bit more variety and and um, if one thing ever drops off a bit, we've got other stuff to work on and do all that sort of stuff too. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So just run us through the, I mean, the process. Generally, you like to always work with the builder from, from the very start. We've obviously spoken off, yeah. off camera. Um, like if someone was to say, do a renovate a big renovation on their home they'd call you up and you do you have the you sound like you have to network there to refer on builders refer on the people to make it all um worked or collaborate together yeah yeah um it's it's a bit of a it's never a unique one set process like some people might come to us and they've already got a builder in mind some builders refer us on to clients as well but essentially in a nutshell the way we like to operate as a process is Going back to practical, mind you, is, is I think where we've always achieved is when we do designs, we want to see them get built, you know, like that is the most important thing at the end of the day. And, and it was one of my goals when I set out the business was I'm not going to put much up on Instagram concept wise, I'll wait till it's built. And maybe that slowed things down a bit at the start with that trust and everything. But I think it's really paying dividends now that you know, I'd like to say that everything we've worked on gets built unless it's a decision to either move on for other reasons and things like that. So that involves, um, getting back to your question, like in that design phase, it is the most important phase of anything really. Like we, we're confident we can design things that get approved, but to be able to link up with a builder early is just key. And if you've got good contacts with, clients that you feel like uh you know not going to take the mickey and burn too much time or if they really want to invest in getting a full detailed cost analysis then it can be to their benefit as well but um just having that network of builders to to be able to get involved i like to sort of call it as a two-party design and construct process in a way and and it's just to make sure you're in the ballpark that you've got either your really, really lovely home or your development project or just your little studio office out the back that's architectural, architectural um, in the ballpark. So when you get that approval out of council, when you start to get it quoted up, you go, oh, sweet, we can actually build this thing. <laughs> so, which seems really bizarre, but it's just scary how much that happens. You know, yeah. like you, you get a lot of people showing up saying i've got this design and i just can't do anything with it and i've spent 30 grand on it already you know and you're like oh how do we fix this yeah you know? so yeah i think that's uh so key to having that that strong team around you and you know you've been doing it for so long um you sort of you've walked down the the paths that you know that don't work and you've walked down the paths that do work and having mm. that um that I guess process all tailored in having mm. the right personnel there firstly saves you know you time but also saves your, your clients uh, a time as well because yeah. um, you know you've you've gone through the rigmarole yeah. many times before <laughs> yeah. well you just see it happen a lot and i mean i think we'll all agree that the last the last couple of years with all the um building price rises it's even yeah it's even more important to be doing it now and sort of have that due diligence up front because 
it's gone here so quickly and everyone's still here and we're trying to get our expectations up to here now and it's just it can never hurt just knowing oh what we've got there we can actually afford and bring to like we can bring it to fruition because i feel like even if you design something let's say worst case scenario and everybody's pumped on it they're like oh can't wait to be sitting on that lounge in there on that design and you're starting to get ahead of yourself worst case scenario let's say you can't find a builder that can agree with you that it's going to fit with the budget i feel like you're better off starting again with the design there at that process even for us because it doesn't really cost us much to like time and if the design's considered again for that budget you're going to get a better result than having an approval and trying to pair it back to where it needs to be you're just yeah. going to start pulling things off you know so yeah it's it's really important these days so just just going back you're touching mm. on material costs uh, with everything that's happened in the last couple of years mm. has mm. that impacted your business at all in terms of um i guess the the people coming to you or is it sort of generated more business mm. i think Yes and no, it's really firmed up that process now. It's pretty rare we do a job where we don't seek some sort of building advice and, and we try to get clients talking to builders earlier now because um, it is just, yeah, like we were just talking about, so important to, to be able to make sure everybody knows what they're in for at the start. So it's affected it in a procedural way with that for the better, really, in my opinion even if it wasn't like that and we weren't doing it before we probably should have been you know like just trying to get connected up with a builder more and more so earlier and and it affects our business probably um we've noticed some people just at the moment are going through a bit of a, a little bit more uncertainty with things like that and and you may even say a little bit more than me but people somewhat seeming like they're valuing buying finished homes a lot more now so um, there may be sort of people that would otherwise renovate or build new that are just sort of change their buying strategy yeah. to buying but we haven't slowed down essentially I think that opens up another avenue for people who love to build and add value you know so they've lost a few competitors in their mind so yeah I think the proof isn't in the pudding just yet. We'll see what happens over the next 12 yeah. months with interest rates and all that it, sort of stuff. So It's true. Yeah. It's true. Like yeah. what I found is your unrenovated properties that need a lot of work. Yeah. They're selling, they, they're selling for a lot cheaper than what they actually deserve. Yeah. And then a really nice finished home that has all the bells and whistles that there's no hairs on the property. Yeah. They, they just, they're still flying through the roof because I think what you just said, mm. people don't want to go um through that uh, meant whole process or even building cost or they're listening to the media or whatever yeah so yeah, um yeah. it's i guess would you say it's a little bit more riskier for people now than say before covid just because of the to build yeah. and, and do things like that um i think it, it's been through its riskiest times in my opinion I, I i don't think that comment really picks up on what things are worth they may be worth more now still I think the volatility's gone though. Like we went through that time where it seemed like it was going up 10% every month yeah. building and you, and you didn't know if you could get stuff, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, one, one week you couldn't get plasterboard, one week you couldn't get insulation, one week 
anyway, long story short, it was just, I think we're through the volatility. So I, I feel like, you know, uh, I feel like it's not really going to go down any, like once you get um, suppliers and things like that up to a certain value, there may be some little bit of auto correction, but it's not going to go back to what it was two years ago. Their prices, once they go up, they generally stay up. So I think it's just, yeah, through the volatility, main, mainly just managing that process, seeing where your ballpark figures are now, and they're not going to be as volatile as they were anyway. You know? Yeah, so, and it's, yeah. Uh, I think what, what I've noticed is that, you know, the last couple of years, anyone mm. made money in property just because the market did a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. But it's not, it's not an easy game, right? Like, no. <laughs> else everyone would be doing it. And making money <laughs> exactly like every there's a lot of people that say that they go look at all these people that have you know bought here and they've just made easy money good on them buddy you know and you sort of get a bit you know, a bit jealous or whatever it is you know or i wish i did that but i'm i guarantee you and a, a lot of people and you you've been through this too and i've been through it when you buy your property and you buy your home, you think you've paid top dollar every time you've done it, you know? And you go, can I afford that mortgage? I don't know. <laughs> and then a year later, you get into the rhythm and go, holy shit, it's gone up 10% or whatever. How good is this? Yeah. But I think everybody, doesn't matter how experienced you are. And I see this with guys that have been like, just doing it for fun. They should be retired now, still have the same thoughts really. Like yeah. they've obviously got a lot more security, but, um, yeah it's it's uh it's just timing and taking the leap and jumping in like anything in life really whether it's starting a business buying a house i don't know um having a family you know it, it applies to everything doesn't yeah. it really so, the unknown yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs> the unknown the it's, unknown of it's, everything it's so yeah. true it's so yeah. true but and i think like you know what we've discussed today um you learn so much along the way actually getting hands on that's where you you know you learn from like if there are mistakes you learn pretty quickly instead mm. of you know generally out of a textbook you can't yeah. put it to uh or put it into fruition and, and make stuff work mm. yeah exactly like and and that it takes me back to that whole practical thing again which is experience so just i like being out there doing stuff and learning by your mistakes and and knowing that you just keep learning for life, everything, you're just always learning. There's always something different going on. Even in what you think you're an expert at, we're learning on every site we touch, on every house that we design. You're always, always learning something, you know, which is, I think that's the exciting part of it once you realize it. Um, and like, you still have your days. And if it's learning with the business for me, like, yeah, sure. I stay up some nights sweating bullets going, what's going to happen tomorrow? But the next day is like, this is great. And, and you try to look back on it and go, it's all great. You know, like it, everything is going to work out. You work hard and, 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 and that's where I'm really grateful to have that hard work ethic because I believe that gets you through pretty much everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's some, uh, some great advice for any yeah. listeners out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, firstly, uh, get into the industry or any industry or yeah. starting a business, but then also doing developments or um, any, you know, construction. So, mate, let's, let's maybe uh, wrap it up shortly, but mm. like, let's see five, ten years' time, what is the face of Newcastle? Well, where can you see the face of Newcastle looking like? In terms of, yeah, like 
um, it's come a it's long a bit way. of culture and architecture. And yeah, everything. it's come yeah. a long way, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you can see East End, for example, has popped up. The light rail, there's lots of um, sky rises going up. Mm. Um, there's a lot of money getting poured into mm. into Newcastle. Uh, I was I, I was reading an article. I think Mayfield, um, Merriweather, and New Lambton had the most amount of DAs mm. in in Newcastle happening. Really? Yeah. yeah okay. That's amazing. <laughs> so they're, like, yeah. they're the popular suburbs. Uh, where mm. do you sort of see um, this the, the heritage um, still being very um, prominent in the area? Because for me mm. personally, I think it's amazing mm. what, uh, what mm. Newcastle has to offer. Mm. And do you think a lot of developers and builders are going to try to incorporate more of that into into you know, the coming years? Yeah, I think so for sure. Like Newcastle is known for that heritage that it has and you only have to really um, start to get involved with what you can do in terms of approvals within Newcastle Council. They have a really good um, heritage conservation policies all within their DCP and everything. So, And that adds to the charm of Newcastle, doesn't it? Yeah. Walking around and, and, and seeing these... Um, these period time pieces being locked in time forever, really. So there's a there's a lot of cool projects we've been working on um, from an architectural point of view, where you're seeing all of these things being given another hundred years of life, you know, just by being revamped and having that um, ability to be able to still add your value in other ways, whether it's just quite simply the modern Renault at the back of a heritage house. Council have considered that sort of stuff and allowing you to live in a modern way because they were all rabbit warrens, you know, yeah. like they each had their own room just stacked on one another. All. <laughs> but they're also really lovely houses to bring into the 21st century and, and get that juxtaposition of modern versus new. And um, yeah, I, I just think that's a credit to where Newcastle's going. I'm always a massive advocate of Newcastle. I'm always trying to get my friends to move up here. Um, a couple of them got me to move up here 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm no Newcastle guru or expert. I think I'm just a blow in that fell in love with the joint. And you meet a lot of people like that around town that just go, how good is Newcastle? Like it's got everything going on, you know, like I see it from an architectural point of view, which really excites me. Like you look at the, the Wickham precinct, which and Wickham Maryville and all those sort of little areas, which hasn't even begun to hit its stride yet, but it's starting to pop up with all these little gems of architecture. It's pretty incredible. And, and if you really compare it to other major cities and thing and precincts around Australia that like using Melbourne as an example, like we're we're just a baby compared to them, but we're going to have our own sort of um, I don't know what you'd call it, but like trendy cultural sort of hubs all through these areas as well. And and you can just see where it's heading and it, it's super, super exciting to be a part of and be young and have a business and raise my family here and do all that sort of stuff. So yeah. Absolutely. Gold, yeah, I'm, uh, I fell in love. Same with you, mate. First time I came to Newcastle seven years ago, I was like, this is the place. This is where I want to, you know, finish life. The yeah. lifestyle, the buildings, the streets, um, and especially I've just noticed so much in the last couple of years. It's just, yeah. so, it's just changed dramatically, and mm. um, yeah, it's, it's exciting times ahead. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, just to see that level of change, like you're saying, in seven to ten years, it's just out of control. It almost feels like a new city. I was um, when I first moved up here, studying, living with five people 
up on Janet Street in Merriweather looking out over a view, paying 80 bucks for a room in there or whatever a week. The house got condemned because of the mould. The real estate agent <laughs> wouldn't let us live there legally. So the owner would let us pay him cash to still live there. <laughs> Long story short, I remember sitting on that veranda, veranda sorry, and, and um, you know, like looking out over the view of Newey, you know, I always go back to this for the change that I've seen. They're just all the buildings that are popping up now. Like I can't even recognize it from up there anymore. There was nothing there before. Yeah, wow. And like how much change and how quickly and really that only started five to seven years ago. Like it's pretty incredible the pace it's moving at. So yeah, very cool. Mate, where do uh, where do we find you on uh, on the socials? Is there a socials page or is that, yeah, is that I'm, I'm not a natural sort of uh, social media spruik myself sort of guy, but I'm trying to get into it a bit more. But Instagram, I'm always I've got the Instagram going, um, and that's my main one really. And we've got a website, and we're we're looking into. I do have a LinkedIn and a Facebook and stuff like that. I'm not using it a lot, but I can always be contacted in there and stuff like Google that. Google so Shade Design. Google Shade Design. Give us a call. Just show up. <laughs> yeah. really. Just just show up and have a chat. So. Absolutely. All right, mate. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the uh, on the podcast, and I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.